Hello, welcome to Why Not Me. In life, we face many trials and obstacles, many challenges, and in the thick of it, we can be tempted to think, why me? But every obstacle presents an opportunity and every trial can bring triumph. So I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of, why not me? When, when in the middle of it, when things are tough, look around and think, why not me? It's, it's happening for a purpose. And then when success is at your doorstep and all you have to do is open it, you may find yourself hesitating, questioning, is this for me? Do I deserve this? And I want to encourage you to adapt a mindset of why not me? Throw the door open wide, shout to the world, why not me? Embrace your success. I'm your coach, Todd Halls. I'm grateful to have you on this journey. Welcome to Why Not Me. Hello, hello. Welcome to Why Not Me, turning trials into triumphs, seeking and embracing success. I'm your host, Coach Todd Halls, and I'm super excited to be here and grateful for all of you listeners for tuning in. Thank you. I'm excited for our guest. Uh, it's it's a, a friend of mine, somebody I've known for years, and she is just going to bring lots of energy and wisdom to this conversation. So our guest today is Wendy Tibbetts. She is a wife, a mom, an entrepreneur, a coffee connoisseur, and so many other things that you're about to find out. So with that, Wendy, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Uh, finish introducing yourself to our listeners, if you will. Well, thanks, Todd, for that awesome introduction. So as Todd mentioned, Wendy Tibbetts, I am the uh, founder and CEO of Apex Professionals. We are a financial literacy and profit strategy firm. So we work with small businesses to that are growing to help educate them on their finances and empower them to make confident financial decisions. That is, uh, that's an important and, and needed service. Um, and I say that just from my own background and experience after 23 years of owning a small business. Um, that's an area that I haven't always been proficient at. So how did, uh, tell us about the journey. How did you end up here in the, in this role? So formally, I, I went to college for accounting and actually sports management. So two very diverse passions. Um, I had really wanted to go into the medical field. I grew up in a medical family and got in, started my sports management degree, got into my business courses and just loved it. So ended up um, double majoring. And right out of college, I had a plan that I was going to be a partner in a CPA tax firm. That's what I wanted to do. That's what I enjoyed. Interestingly enough, as it goes, <laughs> my plans are not, <laughs> my plans were not what actually happened. <laughs> And so I landed myself as a partner in a startup construction company in 2006, right before um, the recession that hit the housing market in 2008-9. Um, that company grew from startup to just under $12 million in under six years. I, um, that is where I found my love for being an entrepreneur and business, all things business finances. Um, it's funny because people always refer to the CFO as the bean counter, and that's just been an interesting journey in itself. <laughs> so uh, not typically 
there's a lot of surprises when I introduce myself because I look at numbers very differently. I like the vision and the story that they tell, how they can empower you uh, to make decisions. So after that, uh, got out of the company, sold my shares in 2014, started my own business, just doing consulting work um, and have continued to grow that. We recently added another team member. And so this is where I am today. I love it. I love uh, working with business owners, bringing a whole different view to their financials and just really filling that gap from where businesses have, they're growing, they're, they're doing all the things, they're making money, but they don't they wait until tax time to really understand what's going on. So this is the gap that I fill and it's great. We look at it both from a financial strategy and how we can improve on operations. Fantastic. Um, is you, is <laughs> you started starting in 2006. So you're basically mm-hmm. just getting your legs under you, I would imagine. And, and the recession hits in 2008. So as a partner, what was that like? What was the interaction in the leadership team? How did that company persevere and 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 even it sounds like thrive through that? Because so many mm-hmm. did. Um, tell us about that and your experience through the through the called the tough time. Yeah, it was really interesting because what we had set out to do as far as being a a custom residential home builder, when 2008, 2009 hit the market that we were in, there weren't, there were very limited custom homes being built at that time. And so we were in a position where we had to make some tough decisions, but we had from the get-go created an incredible culture. And so often businesses have this vision and mission and they attempt to create a set of core values but it's not being lived out by the leadership. Okay. It's just fancy words on paper. And so we had the privilege of really living this out and hiring by those core values. So we created this incredible team. And when things happened, we had been paying attention. We had such a good financial strategy that we, we were looking out three to six months and we knew that, okay, we, we needed to make some decisions now. So we weren't forced into a corner to react. And because of the team that we had, we had those discussions early on. And because of the culture and the vision and where the company was going, those decisions um, were a lot easier than having to react and maybe doing something like easily cutting payroll, right? That's usually the first reactionary step that businesses take. And so in that, we also looked at other revenue streams to support our business. And so that's something that I've carried forward now is teaching business owners how to create multiple revenue streams, but still staying true to their core, to what they do. And so we were able to pivot extremely well and still stay, still keep our values in line and deliver an awesome service to our customers. So that, although it was challenging looking back now, it was very exciting. There were a lot of things that we took away. I'm not going to say it wasn't without stress or some sleepless nights, but it just it just reminded me that it all comes down to the values that you bring into a business and really living those out and really understanding those and then making decisions that align with them. You bring up a good point. I think um, companies start out um, and, well, 
And sometimes, sometimes there's a there's a vision statement or a mission statement, and sometimes there's there's values. Oftentimes, that hard work isn't done or not done at the level it needs to be. Um, and then, and then even if it is, it gets put in the binder with the company business, the original business plan that goes in a drawer, and it's it's not used. And you just described a company that not only had um, a vision and a set of core values. But but did the very hard work of living them out and demonstrating them, and using them as a hiring tool. So now it's not just something on the wall. It's it's an actual tool that oh, HR, you you've got you've, you've got somebody coming in for an interview. Let's pull out the values and let's see if this person is a fit or not. Is that kind of what went on? Exactly. Yes. And I will tell you, it's a ton of work up front. But it made things so much easier because you really understood the people that you were working with and who was going to be a good fit. And also one thing, too, that I work with my clients now today is when we talk about their overall financial strategy, we go back to those basics of what is your vision? What is your mission? Do you know? And then really dive into their personal values, because whether it's a conscious or subconscious decision, your personal values definitely flow into the business. And so that is why when we start talking about a financial strategy and what you are going to do with the profits that you're making, what does that look like? Do you, how do you want to invest those? We need to understand, okay, what are your personal values? How do they relate to your business? And let's define a mission and vision. And when we talk, when we look at mission and vision, and especially if you've done any work around vision statements, they're usually five to 10 years out. We we look at that, but realistically, we're focused on about a 12-month period and then creating actionable steps every quarter, so every 90 days. Sure, sure. So like with what I do with System and Soul, there's the, there's the long-term vision, seven years out, mm-hmm. 10 years out, whatever that leadership team wants. But then you need to bring that back, like, like focus in a little bit. Okay, if we're going to be here in 10 years, where do we have to be in three years? And whenever we got a clear picture of that, okay, 12 months. What's got to be mm-hmm. true in 12 months to achieve that and then distill it right down to those 90-day objectives that are so critical in moving forward? You bring, right. up, you bring up a good point about the values and how you're when, you're when talking to the owner and they're doing a value statement, of course their values have to have to bleed through, flow through, because you wouldn't want – you wouldn't create a value statement where the owner is not a good fit, right? That just wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> How often, how often do you run into owners that really haven't done the personal work uh, of really defining their, their values? And then how do you help them do that? Right. That's a great question. So really, a lot of companies that I work with, if they do have it, they haven't revisited it or they don't put the priority to it or they can't even really talk about it. Okay. And, and that just happens because in the nature of growing a business or starting a business and growing it you're doing all the things, right? And so it's not something that becomes a priority until you until it becomes an issue in the business, right? Until you can't find staff or you're starting to have cash flow issues. So that's where we go back. And that is one of the things we just start discussing. And it's more of a conversation. We don't get so caught up in the words that we're using, but really what are we focusing on and what are we going to communicate 
to your team. And when I say team, it's bigger than just people that are working for you. It's the people that are working with you as well. So in my industry, a lot, a lot of companies outsource, especially to the, uh, to accounting. And so we want to know exactly about that business, where their values are, so we can partner them with the right people both internally and externally. So it's a much bigger discussion, but I walk I walk business owners through just a series of question, almost so they can understand themselves. And we get a bunch of information up front, and then we go back and just wordsmith them in a way that it's easy to communicate to the people that they're working with. Cool. You bring up a good point that the, the values, is, it is more than just the people within the employees or, or the people within it could be um, it's going it to help determine who, who may be a good subcontractor or even a mm-hmm. supplier and customers you may or may want to work with. And then, and then ultimately when you've got profits, what do you, where, where is that going and where are you investing it? So it's um, it's much bigger than just these are our values for, for our team, whatever that team may be. Um, you, so you mentioned a few moments ago, you said something about focus, which brought me back to a previous thought. Um, <laughs> you talked about diversifying income or, or being able to have multiple streams of income. And I'd like you to talk about that because my experience with a, with a lot of entrepreneurs, myself included, is shiny, shiny object syndrome. <laughs> like, and so oftentimes it's best to know what, what you what is your thing, what is the best thing you're you can do what are you the best in the world at and stick with that because otherwise the tendency is oh well, let's try this and let's try this and you're trying to be everything to everyone and it's just not effective and, and, and it ends up costing dearly so how do you find that balance and walk that line when you're trying to create multiple streams while still think, staying focused on their jam right no that's a great question and i think that's where that's the heart of an entrepreneur is just being creative and throwing ideas out there and seeing what sticks, right? So, and any time that I am working with business owners is I recognize that because I, I've owned and run my own businesses, I know how busy it is and I know how hard it can be to stay focused on urgent things. So we really, really drill down to the things that are either keeping them up at night, that they know are a priority. And one of the one of the things that I walk them through is an exercise of the things that they feel that they're really good at and love doing, things that they're good at and don't enjoy doing, things that they're not good at but need to get done. And we look at those and that's how we drill into, okay, what's most urgent? Three to five things that we can focus on. And we're always going back to that. So when we talk about looking at revenue or income streams, What's what did you go into business for? What is your why? What are you serving? And oftentimes, I mean, trade trades, contracting, construction, um, it's a really easy one to talk to because they pick they were really good with their hands or they had a skill that they they went into business for. So then we're going to look at where where are you making the most amount of money, right? Um, who are And who are the, the ideal clients that you like working with? Like, tell me a story of a client that you really enjoyed. What, what are the things that stood out? And so we look at, at our, fi- we look at a strategy against clients and customers, 
that tie into what really lights the business owner up. Okay. And then after that, uh, we, we focus in, we drill down, we get very specific on who we want to serve. And then we look at other ways to have a secondary stream of income. And oftentimes that's just reinvesting profits in a different way. Okay. So once they're making money, what do we do with that? After we've covered our three to six months expenses, after we're hitting our profit margin goals, what are we going to do with those profits now? Where, where do we put them? How do we invest them in a way that continues to create wealth? Sure, for sure. Um, do what kind of pushback? So as you, as you, or do you ever get pushback from, from your entrepreneurs, especially in the, in the industries that you serve? Like, how do you, how do you open up the, the, their minds that, Hey, let's try things this way. So first it's just really understanding where they're coming from. And then it's, a, it's, it's getting enough information and then presenting it with, actual financials to back it up. Okay. Um, and so that's, that's the approach, but yes, there's as entrepreneurs and that, that's what makes my job exciting is that they have their way and view of how they want to approach things. And by me being able to ask questions and then understand both, okay, what, what do they really enjoy? What is their why behind it? And then using the numbers to tell that story of, okay, but does this make sense? Is this really going to help you achieve the goals that you want to achieve? So it's a lot of asking questions. It's a lot of understanding where they're coming from, but then also providing enough fact-based information that they can look at and say, okay, where do you want to go from here? And sometimes you try things out just to try them and realize that, yeah, that probably wasn't the best decision. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, try, learn, <laughs> try again. <laughs> right, and as we know as entrepreneurs is that we're going to make mistakes. We're not going to always get it right. The biggest thing is how we pick ourselves up and move forward each and every day. Yeah. So for somebody that's listening that maybe has recently experienced a setback, a mistake, um, is, is just questioning this, the entrepreneur's journey, what encouragement would you give them? What, what's your secret to, to dusting yourself off? So the secret I always remember, so if you make a failure in business, you don't, don't make it personal, right? You didn't personally fail. Something within the business failed, right? Maybe we picked the wrong revenue stream. Maybe we had an incorrect process set up. Okay. Mistakes are going to happen, but when we start to personalize them, that's where it's really hard to pick ourselves back up. So really, and then really looking at that failure as an opportunity to do better and be better, right? It's, we, if we can take it as a learning opportunity or we can just make it a negative thing. And that's really what sets businesses apart is the owner that can say, you know what? I did fail. I'm, or the, we made a mistake in the business. How are we going to move forward from this? What can we learn? What can we do better? And it's just that constant 
asking those questions, reflecting, taking time to do that instead of just being in the business and working each and every day. And that it can be a hard shift to be to move from working in the business to working on the business and having that mindset. You bring up um, an interesting thing the way you, the way you phrase it. It's not the um, it's not you that's failed. There's something maybe it wasn't a good decision or maybe it was a process in the business that that failed. But business owners get their identity so married to the business. Um, sometimes, so I, I hope I hope folks are listening, um, and and that it's it's part of the process. But um, that's been my experience, at least. Um, business owners, it becomes such a part of their identity um, that when when mistakes happen, um, they who they have to look at but the person in the mirror. Um, mm-hmm. As as a, I believe you're you're a dual entrepreneurial family. Is that correct? You are correct. Yes. And you you mentioned you know working in the business, and I'm very familiar with that. Head down in the harder <laughs> versus working on the business. Um, how how do you how do you pick somebody up out of the weeds? How do you get them to get to the ten thousand foot, twenty thousand foot? Like, hey, let's let's take a look at this. When everybody is just jammed for time, mm-hmm. so that's that's a great one. That that's one of the things that I get asked all of the time because my for my own personal life, uh, we have as you mentioned, we have two businesses. I also have kids, mom, all the things managing that. So what it really comes down to is where are you going to invest your time? So when I was growing my the second business, I had other things going on and I really had to get drilled down for me personally, where were the most, what were the most impactful activities that I, that I needed to get done each and every day. So understanding those three to five and early on, it was revenue generating activities only. So some of the other things that I spent time on were, would be nice and would help, but they didn't, they weren't really moving the business forward, but you have to have that understanding. You have to take time and say, okay, what are my three to five things? And what they look like today in a month or two, those might change. So that's one piece of it. And then the second piece is, is getting to that view is looking at what is not getting done. Okay. What is falling through the cracks and quickly finding someone or some way, sometimes it's outsourcing, Sometimes it's revising a process, maybe automating something, or maybe it's just offloading to another team member. What are those things? And get those off those plate as quickly as possible. So so as an owner, you can focus on the things that are really going to grow your business. Revenue producing activities, leading your team, putting time. Here's a big one that I think a lot of business owners miss and take for granted is self-care. What are you doing for yourself each and every day? Where is that time? Where have you committed that? Do you have it? So all of those things, and sometimes just asking the questions and bringing bringing it to light and awareness and then talking about a way to improve on that is all that it takes. But most people get in that trap. They don't know what they don't know, or they just know that when I start talking to them, they're in a place of pain. Like I am working so hard. 
I don't have time. I'm making money, but I don't know where it's going. What can I do differently? Or it's an event that happens and they don't know where to go. Yeah. Um, so the, the last part when you talk about the person that is, they're, they're in a pain point. They're so busy. And I, the, the acronym I use, we just need to clean, clean up your calendar a tad. And it's, you, <laughs> you got to terminate, automate, or delegate. Like what, what can you just get rid of? That's not, just not important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, automate or systemize, automate, I call it, but systemize. Like what are the things that repeat that you can just set up and not think about again? And then you mentioned the things falling through the crack. What can you delegate? And who, who can you quickly uh, bring in, sometimes partner with, but figure out a, a way where it works to, to delegate that and outsource it? How? At the end of the day, how do you switch from work to mom? Like, are you able to shut off the business? Do you clock out? What, what's your routine to make that happen, or 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 does it? It does. There. So I, I early on in my career, I, for lack of better terms, I was a workaholic, doing everything. I didn't know what to let go of. So I learned some painful lessons along the way of not being able to shut things off. And so by learning those the hard way, it it allows me to share them and hopefully uh, bring that light to business owners sooner. But yeah, so for me, I know I, I have a very strong practice of what my day looks like. There are a few things that happen each and every day that are really important to me that set my day off for success. So each and every day, I know the top, I stick to three to five things that absolutely have to be done. I build in time in my calendar each and every day for a buffer time, but I know what needs to be worked on without a doubt. So when things happen, that random phone call, an email that sidetracks you, something that doesn't go the way that you think it's going to do, I already have time built in for my calendar on that. I also take a practice of communicating what my work hours are to my family, okay? This is when I'm available. This is when I'm not. Having those proactive discussions, it really, really helps as well. So they know what to expect. It's really setting expectations with them. Also... I have really built my business around a four-day work week. Okay, so Monday through Thursday. What that allows me is that Friday is catch-up and overflow for anything that I I felt that was urgent and needed to get done. And so, and then I schedule in everything that that is going on with my family. We sit down, we talk on Sundays about the upcoming week and what what goes on. So just like anything, I have a plan. It doesn't always go that way. And I've learned that I don't schedule back-to-back meetings because if you get off, say 10 minutes, then you're late for the entire day and it just adds stress. Uh, I, I do build in my own work time as well that, hey, this is time just for focus for me where everything gets shut off because I know. And when I do shut off, I make sure that my email and phone are sending it to someone else. And if you've never done this before, the best way to start doing that is to have someone else 
in your business, start answering your emails and train them how to do that or train them how to return your phone calls. Uh, Because then you'll know like, okay, I've got someone I can trust to do this. So it's taken me some years, but there's a lot of things that I've learned on how to shut off and really be in the moment when I'm not working. And I also know that there is nothing that really can't wait 24 hours. One other thing that works really well with my clients is training my clients up front. You're training your customers up front what to expect as far as communication, as far as turnaround times, as far as delivery, even taking it a step further on how you're going to pay them. What does it look like to work work together? So setting those expectations up front really helped too, because a lot of times what I've found is the pressure is that I'm placing is on me, that I'm setting the expectation that I need to respond immediately, or I need to get this done. So that's, some of it's just myself and awareness and things, but most of it is having a great plan and system in place. I, I love that wisdom. Uh, you bring up a, a, an interesting point about the, the the urgency expectation is from you, like, like you place it on yourself. And I would agree, but I think in a way we're conditioned by we're conditioned by society and the way things move. We place those expectations on ourselves. Um, and and not, as an example, um, I've had folks like reach out to me on on LinkedIn um, and start a conversation, and and they're asking questions. And I've got this terrible habit of if I don't have an answer, I'm going to think about it. I'll just I'll look at it and leave it there. And then I get these rather abrupt messages like, "Oh, I see how it is, Todd. You're just going to leave me on red." And I'm always shocked by this. Like maybe it's been two hours or a day. And I'm always shocked. Like, when did when did this happen? Where you? Because I think of it like returning a phone call. Like there's some you got to return right away, and there's some if you call them back the next day. I think it's acceptable. What happened, Wendy? <laughs> I, that I don't know. I I I'm really in the in that same sense. You, you get in those conversations, and yeah, I. I don't know what happened with, <laughs> but I get where you're coming from on that. Um, it's, it's interesting though, because you could get sucked into those conversations each and every day. And again, you have to prioritize those just like everything else. And so in, in those, I, I naturally have to check myself when someone says, Oh, what happened? You're not responding. And instead of going on the defensive or providing an explanation, I try to turn the conversation in, into, yeah, you know, this was something that I needed to think a little bit more about, or maybe I should have communicated a little bit of when we could talk next, like set, just going back and resetting that expectation, because most of the time frustrations come out of lack of communication and unmet expectations. And so Rather than going on the defensive, which would be my natural to say, well, yeah, I was busy. <laughs> I I take that approach, take a deep breath and respond and say, hey, you know what? Now is not a good time. I understand I didn't get right back to you. Could we set up a better time to talk that's convenient for both of us? Yeah. So you've mentioned expectations at least four times recently. Uh, <laughs> it is. It, well, it's such a good it's such a great reminder uh, because in our in our relationships, if if um, 
let's just hypothetically say that I'm um, uh, irritated with Nina. Um, it's usually not because anything she's really done or not done. It's because of the expectations I had, right? Um, and 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 the same with you know interactions with with our kids. And you mentioned like just sitting down with your family on Sunday night and looking at the week. Like here's what the week looks like. Hey, here's here's mom's working hours, and just setting those expectations. And even to something as simple as, hey, sorry I didn't get back to you on this instant message thing we're, we're doing, I guess I should have set different expectations. I need, need to think about it. It's a good reminder. Um, yeah, the, the unmet expectations that are our own are oftentimes the frustration and a little bit of work ahead of time would save a ton. We when- just forget though, because we respond, we, we think, other people, you know, so much of how we operate, we think that other people operate that way. And really only about 25% of the population actually is very similar. So, and even, and you mentioned saying sorry, and I, I, I used to be that person. And I only say sorry when it's something that I really feel like I wronged that person, but me not responding on someone else's terms was just a communication issue. They had an expectation and I had an expectation and we just didn't communicate that. So I've learned to stop saying sorry for those things because I didn't do anything wrong. We just didn't communicate and we weren't clear on what this was going to look like. Interesting. So, and I've I've heard other folks talk about this, like stop apologizing. And what, what, what just occurred to me is every time, like in something like that, which is, I don't know if frivolous is the right word, but it's a pretty minor thing. If we take the stance of, oh, I'm sorry to get back to you, somewhere inside, we're telling ourselves that we've done something wrong or mistreated someone else. And there's going to be some even though that one time it may be small, there's going to be some internal damage created. And over the course of a day, a week, a year, five years of apologizing, uh, the next thing you know, the, the person in the mirror isn't going to look the same as someone who recognizes there's no need to apologize here. I haven't done anything wrong. It was just an expectation, lack of clarification of expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I just had to vocalize that. I did, so I was processing all that as I talked it out. So thank you. <laughs> no, uh, you are so welcome. I mean, there. Don't get me wrong. Like there are times that you genuinely wrong someone, and you you want to say sorry, but you want it want it to be sincere. But you know, when it, when you haven't communicated expectations or haven't had that, I you're bound to throughout life. You're going to let people down. It's you're not doing it intentionally. It's, it's just being able to have that open discussion and say, yeah, okay, I didn't meet that. I understand that. What can we do differently? What can we do better? Let's figure out how to be better and move on. Exactly. Love it. Love it. You mentioned one of the part, part of your, the structure of your day is um, you, you have your three to five things to do. You build in buffer time. You commu- communicate hours to family. And I want to go, I want to just talk about the three to five things you have to do. Do you plan that the night before, the morning of? And the reason I'm curious is there's books written on, on this very thing. Like, I'm thinking of Brian Tracy's Eat That Frog. Michael Hyatt's got a ton of information on it. Um, what's your 
what's your secret recipe to making it happen? Uh, what's your what's your routine for that? You have to find something that works for you, right? You ultimately have to find a system that works for you. Okay. And I do know that starting your day doing something productive, and there's books on on this as well, is the best way to start your day, right? Find something when you get up to do that starts your day off right, because it is so important for me, exercise 100%. And I have shifted, you know, growing up as an athlete, like I was very driven, competitive, I wanted to always win. And as I've grown, as I've grown older, I guess <laughs> we'll say that, although age is just a number, right, Todd? Uh, but as I've grown, just matured in life, I realized that the exercise in the morning is so much more about creating the right mindset for my day. And there are days that I don't feel like getting up, but I know that if I miss that, it's it, my day has a different tone. So that's the system for me that I start with. And I do everything the night before, the things that I know I, I start thinking about, what my exercise is going to look like, what I'm going to do before the next day. So that helps because your, your mind leads to your actions. And I've just decided that that's non-negotiable. And it's been challenging right now because I have kids that work until 1130 at night and need to get picked up. And I could say to myself, you know, I, I'm going to be exhausted. But without that, that time for me, I know I'm not going to perform at my best. And I, I know that I need rest days throughout the week. I found that that I need that. So I also make time for that. But again, it comes down to what what is going to work best for you. But number one is starting your day off with something productive, something that feels good to you. Because once you start taking care of yourself, you are in a different mindset to tackle the stressful things that come at you each and every day. Yes, you, and you bring up there's, there's multiple good points in um, and what are, what are, and we could talk about exercise specifically and what that does. Um, physically and mentally and for the, for setting you up, but whether it's exercise or just something productive, starting that way, you, you, you give yourself a, an internal pat on the back. Like, Hey, I just did something productive. And, and that's, you don't have to say it out loud. It's just recognize that I was disciplined enough to do it and I've accomplished something. So, so you're right. You're setting yourself up mentally for success for the rest of the day. It puts you in a really good space. I think increases your self-confidence increases um basically i think you, on some level just your self-worth like oh yep i'm i'm on i'm firing today the way i need to be i'm, I'm already producing and, and moving forward you are right and it, it's that confidence and self-worth piece because as business owners as entrepreneurs it can get very lonely because sometimes people just don't understand the rate and the pace that you have to make decisions and that you operate on and the things that you carry and so having that giving yourself that piece of confidence that hey you know what like i i chose to do this i chose to to put myself first it, it just strengthens you in so many ways because it does remind you that, you know what, no matter what is thrown at me today, I've got this. 
Love that. Love it. Love it. What, what are you most excited about uh, for this coming year? What am I most excited about? Oh my goodness. I have just this year, I've really made a commitment to boundaries, being very specific on who I'm working with and getting better at saying no so I can say yes to the right things. And I will tell you, I love helping people with all the knowledge that I have. When people are growing their businesses, I love to share it. But I also know that the more that I do that with the and give up my time, the less that I'm accomplishing the things that are important to me, like being with my family, like taking vacations, doing the things that are. So that's what I'm most excited about is that I'm really working with the clients that light me up, that know that they want support and they're really taking action. So that's been super fun. Uh, from a family standpoint, uh, we have my a daughter who's going to be 19 is doing her internship in finance and accounting. So that's super exciting to me. I haven't put too much pressure on having her help me out yet, but super, I love that. And then we also have one going into kindergarten next fall. So it's been those moments and having the time for that is is just incredible. So very excited for that. And then just continuing on, I, I have a baby, she's 18 months now, but just being able to continue to do the, the exercise things. I'm always surprised at what I, what my body will allow me to do. And I'm so thankful and grateful that I'm in this place to have had kids and be able to still exercise that's that is awesome, um, and it reminds me of this the saying that I came to mind right away when you talked about the boundaries is saying no to the good so you can say yes to the great, and and that that great may be business related like the, the client you really want to work with. Um, it could be um, could be coming alongside your nineteen year old as she's exploring what it looks like to to go into a career in, in finance, or whatever. It could be um, you know what. Spend a little bit extra time with this soon-to-be kindergartner before you before you send them off uh, to to school or or yeah or just hang with the youngest. So um, so super cool. Uh, saying yes to the great, Wendy. As we as we wrap up here, uh, I'm wondering. I, my question for you is: What is one important or impactful question that you would leave with our listeners? What should our listeners be asking themselves? So for the listeners that are business owners and entrepreneurs out there, ask yourself each and every day, are you waking up with passion for your business? Okay. Are, are you feeling excited? Are you really truly doing what you love? And I say that only because so often we choose things that don't light us up. And I feel like that just hinders what we were created for and what we were here, it, it, um, prevents us from living out our purpose. Now I'm not saying that every day is going to be great, but you should wake up excited about the work that you get to do. And if you're not spend some time really understanding why. And if you don't, if you don't know, or even if you're unsure of, well, do I like this or not? 
invest in yourself in a way that someone else can help you and bring bring out those blind spots, okay? Because I just heard something, I'm probably not going to get the statistic right, but it sounded like two-thirds of the working population is not even engaged in their work. And to me, that's for all the time that we spend doing our careers, building our careers, working, and how that overflows into our personal lives, to me, that's alarming, and there, and we're in a we're in a place now where we have access to so many tools to really leverage our skills, our unique set of skills, to do something that creates passion in us. And it's okay, like it, it's a hundred percent okay if you don't know or if that changes over time. But just have that awareness if if you're really feeling stuck that there are people that will invest in you and help you get to a place where you're not. That is an awesome question and a great bit of wisdom. So thank you very much. And thank you so much for your time. Time is precious. So greatly appreciate yours and willingness to share with our listeners today. Well, thank you so much for having me, Todd. I appreciate it. It's great to just chat and uh, thank you for all the awesome questions. Of course, uh, you are welcome. And this has been wonderful. Listeners, thank you so much. Your time is precious, and I appreciate you tuning in. Um, before before I wrap up, I've got one little detail. Wendy, if somebody wants to reach out to you, to, to contact you, to learn more from you, to engage with you on a business or professional level, what's the best way to do so? Best way, I'll give you two, just depending where our listeners are at. If you are on Facebook, it's you can find me at Wendy J. Tibbetts on Facebook. That's my personal. Um, also, we have our website, which is apexprosus.com. And if you're on LinkedIn, I am also on there as Wendy J. Tibbetts. So looking forward to connecting with everyone. If you have questions, those are the best ways to find me. Perfect. Thank you. And again, listeners, Thank you for your time. Thank you for tuning in. I hope this has been of value to you. Uh, whatever grand vision you've been given, whatever dreams, whatever big dream God has put on your heart, remember, you can. Until next time, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful, and live life strong. Peace to you. Well, thank you so much for listening. For even more on turning trials into triumphs and seeking and embracing success, go to toddhalls.life. That's toddhalls.life, and I look forward to serving you. Until next time, be strong, be bold, be humble, stay healthy, stay hopeful. Peace to you.